Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Here we go, Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey, Brian Haydad, and you. Glad to have you along. Hope you enjoyed the weekend, a gorgeous weekend in Mississippi. It's kind of cloudy, but still not very cold today. So uh, this was like opening weekend of baseball weather, except we didn't have the opening weekend of baseball. So we'll have to hold and see what it's like. Uh, two weekends for well, one weekend from now. Glad to have you along. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank online, mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Do you have land financing on the brain? Are you thinking about buying a piece of property? Have you already found a piece of property and all you got to do now is pull the trigger? Well, let Mississippi Land Bank help you work through the financing process. That's what they've been doing, financing land for over 100 years. Great people. Locations for their branches are scattered across North Mississippi, and um, they will help you get through the process of buying land. Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. You can uh, text us, text the show on this Monday afternoon, 601-879-4395, the C Spire text line, C Spire, customer inspired. A Super Bowl for the ages, or not. A Super Bowl that has not gotten very good reviews. Less than 24 hours in the rearview mirror, the season is finally over, and Saints fans and the New Orleans people continue to be petty, I suppose with good reason. I guess that ends before too terribly much longer, or maybe it never ends. Borky, what's up? I kind of admire the pettiness. The way they did it in New Orleans yesterday is respectable. Not only did they boycott the Super Bowl, and successfully, by the way. I mean, successfully didn't watch the Super Bowl. They weren't all talk. Like, they literally didn't watch it. But in the most New Orleans way possible, there were parades and thousands of people just partying in the streets, which is basically every weekend in New Orleans, but... They just had a pop-up massive concert in the streets of the city after parading around all yesterday afternoon instead of watching the Super Bowl. All the bars in town played their Super Bowl championship over the Colts from 2009 instead of the game yesterday. I mean, it's petty, but I love the pettiness when you're going to go all out like that. The um, the front page of the Times-Picayune today said Super Bowl. What Super Bowl? Question mark. And that's all that was on the entire front page, other than the Times Picayune logo with the uh, the masthead. Rippy, you watched last night? I did. I watched every snap. Um, yeah, pretty underwhelming. 
It was kind of fun watching the two defenses go at it, though, because obviously the Rams' offense was really bad, but seeing what the Rams' defense did to Brady at times was pretty impressive, even in a loss. Hey, Dad. How was your weekend? It was great. It was great. Got to uh, see my good friend Brian Scott Rippey on Saturday in Oxford and uh, deliver his tripod to him, which I, I know he's excited about. And uh, then I got to watch, <laughs> yeah, watch the poll on, uh, on Sunday. So, hey, Dad drops this. So, I get to my spot. Hey, Dad got beat me to the stadium, and I got to my spot. There's this gigantic package in my seat. So, naturally, I just stick it in the next guy's seat next to me. Then Hayden like walked up to me. He's like, "Can you not read? It says Merry Christmas on it." And then I realized what it was. Oh, okay. So you got exactly what you needed. Yes. I told Parrish Alford. I said, "Hey, this is for Rippy. Make sure that he doesn't <laughs> discard it." Okay, Brian. No problem. And then, yeah. There we go. Um, the Super Bowl in a sentence or two. What have you guys got, Borky? What have you got? Boring, but Brady is the unquestioned goat. Okay. His numbers were pretty good last night. He was good when he needed to be. I mean, it wasn't his best game, but I mean, when they needed the drive the most, he he throws a perfect dime to Gronkowski. It, it, he was as good as he needed to be against the best defensive line in football, who, by the way, was incredible last night despite the loss. Yeah, they were really good, weren't they? It was just absolutely nothing offensively, for the Patriots. Which defense was better in the game? You want to say the Rams? Jared Goff, I was shocked. I said last week that Sean McVay and Jared Goff, I'd be surprised if the the game, the atmosphere is too much for them because they were unfazed in New Orleans. Jared Goff looked uncomfortable all night. And yes, he was under pressure, but I mean, he, he looked like the game was too much for him. Like, he looked uncomfortable in the moment. Yeah. Hey, Dad, one or two sentences describing the Super Bowl. Uh, that was painful to watch. It, it was really a really bad football. I it, mean, it's like watching Week 5 Lions at Bengals. I mean, Ooh. it was just not a good game at all. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of not surprised by that, and I'm sort of not surprised that the ratings are down. Rippy, very Belichick esque. Yeah, it, I mean, that was a game that Bill Belichick loved, right? Yeah, and then like, I mean, he like almost didn't have to take away their best asset because the Rams did that themselves offensively. The girly thing is bizarre to me at this point. Something is going on there, and I don't really know what. I don't think anybody knows what, but it's. Yeah, it's certainly something at this point. It's hard to blame the injury because that was the theory, right? He didn't play New Orleans because he's got to be hurt. I mean, there's no way they're not playing him just by choice. And then the same thing in the Super Bowl, but then after the game, you uh, find out that he was clocked as the fastest player in the game. I, I don't know who does that, but they measure player speed, and he was the fastest guy on the field yesterday. They didn't use him in the passing game. They didn't like even if he is hurt, why not stick him out there as just like a I mean as a threat if nothing else, even if he's not actually going to do anything. You know, here here's the thing to me that's most disappointing. And I I understand if you're coming at this from the angle of being a New Orleans Saints fan, then you were either rooting for this game to just be hideous or you were not going to watch it all. 
like like if you're a Saints fan, there's nothing positive that you wanted to come out of the Super Bowl, I think. But if you're not a fan of the Saints and you just like the Super Bowl as an event, you want it to be a good game. You want it to be a fun game. And in recent years, largely, we've had that. Eagles 41-33 over the Patriots last year. The year before, Patriots 34-28 over the Falcons. We know the drama that went with that. Super Bowl 50 wasn't that much fun. The Broncos-Panthers game really wasn't all that close. Patriots 28-24 over the Seahawks in Super Bowl 49. Seahawks blew out the Broncos in 48 back in 2014. Then you had a field goal game with the Ravens beating the 49ers. Uh, A close game with the Giants over the Patriots with Eli Manning getting Super Bowl MVP. So you've had a bunch of close games in the last decade or so. And then you get that last night, where I suppose it's close from a a one-score game late. But nobody wants to watch 13 to 3 in the, the the final game of the season, the crown jewel of the entire football season. Yeah, and Trey Wingo ha- had a bizarre like just outcrying emotional rant earlier today on Golik and Wingo about well if you didn't like it, just turn it off. Just shut up if you think that was a boring game. It's like it's the game of the year. Of course, we're going to watch it, but we would have had preferred it been a little bit more exciting. Ross Tucker made a good point. He said that at least we had a game that was in the fourth quarter, a one-score game. The Rams were driving with the game on the line, so at least we had that. But you're right. As a neutral party, an innocent bystander, defense is not as fun to watch as offense. It's just not. We would have but, rather but seen have more both. Points. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you can have great defense and great defensive plays, but still have a game that's got some points in it, it's got some interest level in it. But no, you're right. At that point, and I can appreciate good defense, I just don't want to appreciate good defense at the Super Bowl. I want fun. I want big plays. I want broken tackles and long scoring plays and big runs and all those things, and you just didn't get it last night. I think you have good defense in a Super Bowl be fun, but that was just complete offensive ineptitude on both sides. Like, no no real balance there. Yeah. So the yeah, Super Bowl... There's, there's a difference between good defense and bad offense. Last night wasn't about good defense so much as it was about... I think it was more about bad offense. Has, uh, has anybody described set. halftime as a wardrobe malfunction? Uh, CNN tried to... They ran a story about how... It's not fair that Adam Levine can take his shirt off, but Janet Jackson was ridiculed for her situation. That's a take. That is a uh, that is a take. So the Super Bowl, a bit of a flop. The halftime show, a bit of a flop. The commercials, more than a bit of a flop. We'll talk more Super Bowl this afternoon, but when we come back, let's dive into some basketball from Saturday. Mississippi State and Ole Miss met for the second time this year on Saturday in the Pavilion. We'll get to it next in the Renaissance Bank Studio. There was some golf drama over the weekend. Ricky gave away a five-shot lead at the Phoenix Open yesterday and then somehow managed to come back and win the golf tournament. That was kind of interesting. And uh, some crazy rulings and the 
the the RNA and the USGA giving in on some rules, and then there was Sergio. Sergio! Temper tantrum in the sandbox. In the sandbox. Wait, can you say that? In the sand trap. Yeah, close In enough. Saudi Arabia, which is an area that is sometimes called the sandbox. Uh, Nick Faldo, sir, Nick Faldo, by the way, on Twitter has uh, tweeted the video of Sergio going crazy in the bunker and says, I think it's time for a nice uh, chamomile cup of tea, just to calm down a little bit. Must be something about that region of the country that gets everybody fired up. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Tempers, uh, Tempers sometimes flare. In the Middle East, we'll uh, we'll get back to the Super Bowl. Borky's got all kinds of notes for us about the Super Bowl. We'll get to those coming up in uh, in just a few minutes. But let's uh, at least spend a few minutes here on Saturday at the Pavilion. Ole Miss and Mississippi State meeting for the second time this year. Rebels won the game in Starkville, Mississippi State, needing a win, trying to kind of repay the favor, and they got it. Eighty-one seventy-five. Packed house, sold out at uh, the Pavilion. At least it looked on television. It sounded like it was a packed house. Um, Q Weatherspoon pulls away. Well, Mississippi State pulled away at the end. Q Weatherspoon was, I think, you guys were there, not me, the most dominant player on the floor. True statement? Reggie Perry. You think Reggie Perry? Okay. I mean, I thought Perry was great, but Q Weatherspoon hit huge, huge clutch shots. Q Weatherspoon, Quindary Weatherspoon had a, had a he was the one who put the game away for Mississippi State, but start to finish that was Reggie Perry's game. Okay, that's how I would say it. Thirty-four minutes for Reggie Perry in this game. He was two of two from behind the arc, seven of nine from the free throw line, twenty-one points, eleven rebounds, uh, hit six of fifteen shots in the game, and was dominant. Seven of his eleven rebounds came on the offensive end. Whew. Yeah, and, and and Mississippi State as a team had 15 offensive rebounds, and both of Perry's three pointers were huge. One gave MSU the lead in the second half for the first time at a 63, uh, 62-60, and then the second one came after Brian Tyree had hit a, a three himself to uh, to tie the game at 73. State came down and uh, got the ball to Perry. He did a, a really nice pass fake to Q to get himself a little space, and then uh, fired it and hit. And, uh, yeah, Perry, Perry was the difference. I found it really an interesting sort of a, a comparison, if you will, that the, the key player for both teams and their wins were freshmen. For Ole Miss and Starville, it was Henson, and it was Perry for uh, Mississippi State in, in Oxford. What did you guys think of the flow of the game? <sighs> First half was kind of weird, honestly. Yeah. It, like, there didn't – I don't know if there wasn't flow to it, but there, each team played well in such short spurts. It was hard to get an idea of who was actually kind of setting in as as to who was going to take over the game. And I guess you really didn't find that out until about seven, eight minutes left. Yeah, the first like five or six minutes, State was playing with a lot of energy on the defensive end. They were they were getting loose balls. They were forcing Ole Miss into some bad shots, and they got out to a seven point lead. And then from there, Ole Miss settled down and started making their shots and playing a lot better. And then they controlled. The way I said it on, on the Thunder and Lightning podcast was State looked really good in the first ten minutes of the first half and really good in the second the ten minutes of the last ten minutes of the second half. And in between all that, that's when Ole Miss played well. And 
for whatever reason, State was able to start fast and finish strong, and that was enough to win. So, admittedly, Borky, I was watching this game or was trying to watch this game as I was driving from Athens to Atlanta, and traffic was a little heavy, so it's not like I was able to really lock in on it. I walked away from the first game, again watching on television, thinking, man, what a great basketball game that was. Never mind who won the game, it just was back and forth the entire way. Did you not feel the same way about this game? Um... Not really. Just be, there was a little bit more sloppiness, as the guys alluded to, especially early in the game. There, there wasn't very much flow. There was a bunch of turnovers, uh, guys missing shots, and I guess late in the ball game, into Mississippi State's credit, Ole Miss just constantly gave up offensive rebounds to Mississippi State, and I, it just didn't feel like that game was as high level as the one earlier. Just sloppiness and turnovers, and especially the start of the game. And when Ole Miss needed really good possessions, particularly in the last, oh, two minutes and 20 seconds, they had three of their worst possessions of the game. They had really, really bad trips down the floor um, in the final two minutes. And just got bullied down low. Absolutely bullied. That's where the game was won and lost. I mean, Perry dominated Ole Miss inside. And, I mean, Dom and Bruce played, I think, 41 or 42 combined minutes and didn't record a defensive rebound between the two yeah. of them. Yeah, you hit on the, on the post-game periscope that we did. That, and, and that's something that coming off that game at Alabama where State was dominated down low, to, to turn that around was, I think was big for Mississippi State. They, they got some answers that they, that, to some questions they really needed to have. Are you sure? Because Ole Miss is pretty bad at the, well, I mean, at the five. Yeah, it's Kermit, just Saint played so poorly against Alabama in the post that they they had it didn't matter how good the other team was it was more about what Mississippi State did, and I think they got they got that. Yeah, Kermit described the zero rebound thing as nearly impossible. Yeah, Dominic Olenichek, who is seven feet tall and not skinny, in twelve minutes goes no points on zero of two shooting with zero rebounds, but he did have two assists. And he play. I mean, he plays hard. He's just so, so, so limited. Bruce Stevens plays twenty eight minutes, hit a big three, went five of ten from the field, so thirteen points and one rebound. It was one offensive rebound in the game. Yeah, that's it's hard to win like that when your bigs do that. Yeah, and offensively, Bruce did some good things. He had a couple stretches where I thought it was some of his better offensive minutes. You know, all season, but on the other end of the floor, it was a completely different story. You can uh, you can text the show 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395, the C Spire text line. Please don't text and drive. C Spire, customer inspired. Um, uh, what are we missing from this game? Uh, before we kind of turn the page and... You know, talk about what this game means going forward. Hey, Dad, is there anything that we're missing kind of from a recap standpoint or, or things that transpired on Saturday? I think we're not talking about Eric Holman and how he was taken out of the game uh, early in the second half and never returned. Only played nine minutes, uh, no points, only two rebounds for him, a couple of fouls. Uh, it, it Changing the guard? Like- I don't know if I would go that far, but I think Reggie Perry is going to be starting 
I mean, I don't see how you can keep him out of the lineup after the week that he just had. But I, I do know that in our, in our post game, uh, Howland said that this team cannot go where it needs to go without Eric Holman. So I, I don't know. He's just in a funk right now. Maybe if he could hit some shots, the ball, see the ball go in the basket, everything would, would click back into place for him. But right now he, he's just playing uh, scatterbrained. I mean, his, his, it was defensive effort that got him pulled out of the game. There was a, a play where he misses a shot. Holman misses the shot. They get back down the, the court. Ole Miss uh, gets the ball underneath. And Holman, I mean, he didn't even put a hand up. He didn't even attempt to block the shot, didn't attempt to foul. Just let the guy lay it in right in front of him. And, and State called timeout and pulled him out of the game, and he never came back in. Nick Weatherspoon, there was some concern about the knee going in. He was cleared to play. Um, did it look like that was an issue at all? No, he looks fine. Played 26 minutes, uh, six points for him, three rebounds. Played fine. I mean, nothing nothing spectacular, nothing to write home about. Didn't start the game because of a disciplinary issue. Tyson Carter got the start over him, but he played more minutes than Carter did. Some sort of minor disciplinary issue. Howland didn't go into any detail with that. But as far as after effects of an injury, you didn't see any of that. The combination of Reggie Perry and Robert Woodard, brother. That's the future, you know, it, at it least is. for one year. I don't know how much longer Perry – Perry is – I'll be really surprised if Perry gets a junior season in Starkville. I mean, he's that talented. It, you, you just look at him and, and physically, he does so much. You know, the question for me and, and the thing that could really push Reggie Perry forward, I know he goes two of two from behind the arc. That hasn't been a big part of his game this year, though. It, if right. that grows into a more significant part of his game and he can knock that shot down at old 38%, something along those lines, man, then you're talking about a, what, a Dwayne Wade-type body? I mean, taller, bigger than Dwayne Wade. Tall as Dwayne Wade. Is he only 6'8? Six, He's six, like 6'5. Six, Perry is 6'9. Hmm. Future pretty bright for him. 81 75, Mississippi State now 16 5 in the uh, overall, 4 4 in the league. Ole Miss falls to 4 4. They are 14 7 overall. Rebels have Texas AM coming up next, and it is another difficult week for Mississippi State, LSU, and then Kentucky. Hey, Dad, before we move back to the uh, the Super Bowl, what's a good comparison for Reggie Perry? I mean, somebody somebody put on Twitter, I think it was Jason a second ago, uh, mentioned Eric Dampier. Is that a, a good comparison? No, because no, Dampier is, is a lot more of a traditional back-to-the-back. Dampier wasn't going out and shooting jump shots okay. quite like that. Um, at State, there really hasn't been one like that. I'm trying to think of a of, a, of an NBA guy that way, but... I mean, he, he's got all the game of a traditional power forward. He can play with his back to the basket, and he obviously is great rebounding. But he has that that little extra, uh, you know, he can shoot the jump shot. He can't go out there and, and – yeah. he's not a stretch four, though. So it's sort of difficult to pigeonhole him. I, that's a good question. I'll see if I can come up with one. But it, it, he's a difficult guy to categorize. 
So when you look at power forwards in the NBA, and Kevin Durant qualifies as a four. Yeah, that's not the one. No, no, I understand that. I, I just I I googled best NBA power forwards 2019, and the names that popped up were Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Kristaps Porzingis, Chris Middleton, Julius Randle, Tobias Harris, and Anthony Davis. Randle might be a good example. What about Brandon? Randle's Ingram? a very traditional four, but he can he can he can hit from outside when on occasion. Uh, he's not a consistent three point shooter, but he can. He can't hit from out there. Tough rebounder, defense. Yeah, Randall might be a good one. I guess. Brandon Are you Ingram talking Julius Randall? Julius, no. Randall yeah. Julius Randall. Julius Randall in defense. Oh come on! In college, he played okay. <laughs> no, he played really good defense in college, and he he can play good defense when he cares enough to do so. Yeah. All right, that was a Forbes list. Let me give you a different list: Giannis, Draymond, yeah. Kevin Love, Lamarcus Aldridge. Although he's a five. Yeah. Yeah, but he can shoot. Jason Tatum, Blake Griffin. Griffin's nah. developed a good jump shot as well. I I don't know about Draymond. Draymond is only known because of who he plays with and not because of how he plays. Yeah. I I say it's just Randall. I'm not okay, listen, listen. I'm not asking is Reggie Perry as good as these guys. Right, right. No, no, I get what you're trying to do. I get that, but I'm just there's just he. Let's put it this way: for for college, he's unique to have come through Starkville. I mean, he's a five star kid. You know, you know, not state. State's got a lot of four star kids on the roster right now, but you know, there, there is a difference between the the the, the five star and the four star, and you and you see that with Perry. You know, he, he's playing better as a freshman than Peters did, than Malik Newman did, who was also a five star. I mean, you know, he's playing at a really high level right now, so. Yeah, I mean it's just it's 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 something that as he continues to develop, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think. Fair enough. It certainly is impressive what he's doing on the uh, on the floor right now. So Super Bowl Fifty Three last night, Patriots win it thirteen to three. They're up three nothing at the uh, at the end or at the half, and it's three to three going into the fourth quarter. And then the Patriots score ten fourth quarter points, including a late field goal. Did you like the decision to kick the field goal there? It was the only chance they had to win. I mean, it didn't matter either way. With with ten seconds left, eight seconds left, no, you're no, not no, no, win no, 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 no. The the Patriots' decision to kick the field goal to make it a ten point game. Oh, yes. versus going for it. Yes, that's absolutely. the only decision there. You had you, you needed to kick there. I was shocked when they were considering going for it. Yeah. I wonder if they were actually considering going for it, or if it was just the scenario that kind of. Tony Romo was talking about you let as much time as possible run off the clock and then you take a timeout. And I think that's what was happening there. Yeah, um, Tony Romo was pretty good last night. He wasn't as he wasn't as uh, omniscient though. He was or omniscient. I'm sorry that he wasn't uh, he wasn't making all the predictions to the point where I'm not sure that CBS didn't say something to him about it for him just to stop calling out plays almost entirely. I don't know. Um. Brady goes 21 of 35, 262 yards, an interception on the first drive of the game. He was clean after that, did not have a touchdown pass in the game. Jared Goff, 19 of 38, 229 yards, no touchdowns. I thought a pretty bad interception late, but in fairness, he was 
either getting hit or was about to get drilled as he let that ball go, and he can't take a sack there either. Yeah. Yeah. Golf, you know, I, I don't know if what I expected, but I, I was really disappointed in golf. I, I thought this might be like a launching point for him, have a big game. I didn't think he could beat Tom Brady, but maybe he would duel with him. And he was just awful, just awful from start to finish. I love how the Patriots disguise and dial up blitzes. You know when Tony Romo's getting excited about how somebody dials up a blitz, it's really good. But just the fact that, I mean, there were times in the game where there'd be one defensive lineman with his hand down. I mean, they were doing that, we called it scat in high school. It's I don't know what they call it at the professional level, but where you have a bunch of guys standing up near the line of scrimmage. And you have no idea who's coming as an offensive lineman. I mean, you can point at guys all day long, and when the ball snapped, you have no idea who you're supposed to block. And the stunts they were running out of it, and the disguising of those blitzes, it was so... That's fun to watch. If you're looking for a silver lining in a terrible football game, watch what the Patriots did up front with literally one defensive lineman with his hand on the ground. The way they were coming at Jared Goff was really cool. That's golf's issue too, right? He doesn't read the whole field very well, and so you know when you do that against the Patriots, that's going to be a pretty long day because it seems like they scheme like the Rams' offense schemes well, but when his first reads aren't there and he starts getting tricked by stuff, is when things go south. He was tricked all night. It felt like, <laughs> yeah, the entirety of the game, per- perpetual tricked or perpetually tricked in that game. Julian Edelman, MVP, 10 catches, 141 yards. Nobody had a touchdown catch in the game. Seemed like the right choice for that, but there's some people who have second-guessed it a little bit today. Is that right, Borky? Yeah, I read one column in particular from the USA Today, but they weren't alone. People were using his PED suspension from earlier in the season as a reason why, one, he shouldn't have been in the game at all, and two, he shouldn't be named the MVP of the game most of their examples that they were using or the reasoning was, well, this wouldn't happen in baseball. The rules are different in baseball. Or if this was the Olympics, he'd be banned for two years, as if that applies at all to the NFL or football. And don't you think it's kind of baseball kind of has a dumb rule there? It doesn't yeah, really it's a really a stupid sense. rule. If you serve the suspension, why are you retroactively punished for the postseason too? It doesn't make any sense. And also, I don't really care that guys use PEDs. Sorry. In football or any sport? Any sport. I Look, I understand why they have to legislate it, and if you get caught, you you deserve a suspension, but do I look at Julian Edelman any differently because he took a little something to try to get an edge when there's a lot of guys in the league, Mark Ingram being one of them, that took a little something to get an edge? No, I don't hold it against him at all. Depends on the situation, too, right? Because he got caught coming off a, what was it, an ACL injury that cost him the entire 2017 season? So to me, that's a little different than in baseball, a guy juicing up to get to 30, 35 home runs. Like, not an injury-type deal. Not that either one's okay, but to me, those are, like, I view those situations pretty differently. USA Today jumped all over it. Not uh, terribly surprising. Nancy Armour writes a column, Super Bowl MVP. Julian Edelman shouldn't even have been playing in the game, except for the fact that he served his punishment. So he broke a rule. 
He got called on it. He had to serve the punishment, and once the punishment served, you you get to move on. I mean, is that really different than anything else in life? I mean, you can compare it to baseball all you want to, but if you get a speeding ticket and you don't pay it and you don't appear in court, eventually, when they get all the paperwork done, they suspend your driver's license. And if you get if you continue to drive without a driver's license and you get pulled over, you could be arrested. But when you get the notification that your driver's license has been suspended and you then go in and you pay the fine and you pay the fee to have it reinstated and you get a new driver's license, you're allowed to drive again. And if you get pulled over for speeding again, you don't get arrested. You just get a, a fine for it or a ticket for it. It's just kind of how life works. If you get punished for something, once the punishment is over, you get to move forward. Is this any different? Is there any reason that this should be any different? Zero. None. Okay. I I don't understand the motivation. I mean, I guess write how you feel, but I don't understand the motivation behind writing that kind of thing anyway. People like to complain. I mean, that is true. I guess you have to be the the contrarian on the night of the Super Bowl to get clicks. I, I don't know. Doesn't make sense. If I ever to leave me. this job, I'm going to start a newspaper, and it's only going to be letting like old newspaper people complain about stuff. Entire pages <laughs> of it. I like that. Mm. Angry Sounds like times. a money maker. People going to have to pay for the online content. Yes, and then write in a complaint that they're feeling that day with the subscription. There you go. There you go. Who watched? How many people watched? How does it compare to recent years? Borky breaks down the ratings next. Well, we figured a north of 100 million people in the United States would watch the Super Bowl, and another 150 million or so worldwide would watch Michael Borky. You wake up in the morning, and when you do, the first thing you do is look at television ratings. So what have you found for us today? Nothing from an actual viewership number. Okay. Uh, but we did get the lowest rating, which was a 44.9, which, by the way, is still unfathomably big. I mean, That's 45% of the households that had TVs on during the game were on the Super Bowl. Yes, and that, that, that number is just incredibly high double anything else that will be put on television for the entire 2019 it's the amount of people that watch super bowl is is unbelievable but it is the lowest number in a decade the 2000 uh i guess 2009 super bowl was the cardinals and who was the other team i think i have it written down Steelers, i believe the cardinals and the steelers you're exactly right uh did just better than this one here, or just worse than this one here, and it was down okay. five points from 2016-2017 and down three points from last year, which is a few million people. Fair enough. Um, in New Orleans? Yeah, the boycott worked. Uh, they, it did a 26 in New Orleans, which was that, the... That's lo- remarkable that, that one in four households in New Orleans had the Super Bowl on. And it, and it was the lowest metered market in the United States and the lowest in the history of New Orleans, which is generally, from just any football game, New Orleans is usually in the top 10 metered markets. It, it's just a town that loves football. They just did 
a 26 last night, which is by far the lowest metered market in the United States. You know, when you when you break it into really easy fractions, you go, that's one in four households, and you go, well, that's no big deal. When, when you push that out to bigger numbers, and you go, well, that's only 250 out of 1,000. That's only 25,000 out of 100,000. And then you go, well, yeah, but, you know, in the past it's been one out of two. Well, one out of two, one out of four, that's not all that much difference. Well, yeah, again, if you push the numbers out, that's 250 out of 1,000 versus... 500 out of 1,000, or 50,000 out of 100,000. That's a really small number for a major metropolitan area. They put their money where their mouths were. They actually boycotted the Super Bowl. Yep. What do you think they watched? The two thousand, the Super Bowl that they won in 09? It's New Orleans. Do you have to watch anything? Like they yeah, probably just... just go out. Well, I get that, but I mean, it's still Sunday night, so if you're family with kids, schools tomorrow, you're not just going to go, like, I mean, there are people that live in New Orleans that don't go to Bourbon Street. They had a- I mean, I realize I'm punching a hole in a stereotype there, but <laughs> not everybody in the city of New Orleans goes and hangs out in the quarter. Well, those people, I guess, watch the game, because I'm telling you, the, the pictures are incredible. Thousands and thousands of people just partied in the streets yesterday afternoon in air quotes protest yeah but i mean those okay you're right i'm not arguing with you on that point the 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 aerial shots i saw where you've got three streets coming together for a stage there were the same number of people there that show up for a women's basketball game in starkville yeah i mean eight nine ten thousand people in a metro area of over a million. It looked, the pictures were fantastic, and I like the symbolism of what they were doing. But it doesn't make an impact. People, I guess, were just so heartbroken that they couldn't stomach watching it. Yeah, and, and again, hey, Dad, you said they rewatched the 09 Super Bowl? Well, Borky said that, but yeah, I, that, that was, uh, I know a lot of uh, local restaurants and bars talked about doing that. Okay, so they're going to pull out the VHS and pop that in from 2009. But, I mean, think about just the normal pe- people like you. Borky, the young married couple who's got to work tomorrow. Hey, Dad, the, the, the married couple that's got two kids who've got school tomorrow and who, generally speaking, don't care that much about football, but they watch the Super Bowl because it's the Super Bowl. And everybody on the planet is talking about the Super Bowl, and then you go, we're not watching. So, so what did you do? I mean, did you have board game night? Uh, yeah, do you do you cook well, while and just I hang out? Super Bowl, my, my my wife and her, one of uh, one of my daughters watched thirteen going on thirty. So maybe that was it. <laughs> they watched some. Jennifer you didn't Garner. partake in that, hey Dad? No, I had I watched the Super Bowl because you know I, I don't know thirteen going on thirty. What, what is that, Jennifer Gardner? I'm embarrassed. Jennifer Gardner, man, yeah. good looking woman, but uh, you know, just just I, I watched the Super Bowl. Like, what it's the overall idea, though, right? That people like the idea that that many people like gathered in various places said, "I'm going to party and not watch this football game," almost out of spite, enough to make like a dent in the ratings is hilarious. Like it's half of what yeah. it used to be. Six zero one number text message is Richard wearing a striped shirt. Sure sounds like it. That's C Ray. I mean. 
I'm not taking up for the officials. I'm just saying it's remarkable to me that that many people would just choose to do something different on Super Bowl Sunday out of protest. But good for you for sticking to your guns. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Monday afternoon, just after 4 o'clock with you. Sports Talk streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey, Brian Haydad. Glad to have you along for the ride. The uh, semi-official number of viewers, according to Neil Best at Sportswatch, 100.7 million. So just a tick over 100 million people. That's significantly down. And he does point out that this has gotten harder and harder. It's hard to go apples to apples in a viewership comparison uh, because of the all the different ways that the game's delivered, that it's not just traditional television. There are multiple ways that you can watch it, and so comparing apples to apples is difficult. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Online, mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs or equipment needs, if you're a farmer, maybe it's time to buy a new combine, you got to buy a cotton picker, you got to buy a new tractor, uh, some sort of a spray rig, well, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been in the land financing business and... Um, Working with farmers for over 100 years. Online, mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Four o'clock on a Monday, that means it's time for winners and losers. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner. And we'll not tolerate a loser. All right, so we'll go around the table. The order will be Richard, Rippy, Borky, Haydad, one at a time. We'll start with winners and then jump to losers whenever you would like. I will uh, steal one right off the gate because I'm sure some others will have this on the list as well. Reggie Perry. We were talking about comparisons earlier. Hey, Dad, let me ask you this. Somebody suggested Lawrence Roberts would be an interesting comparison. That's a good comparison. Roberts Roberts did not like to take the the, uh, the ball outside the paint very much, but he, he could every now and then. That That's a better comparison. But I think Perry has maybe a it's going to sound funny, but maybe a little bit higher ceiling. Okay. Um, why is he on the winner's list? Well, because on Saturday in Oxford, Reggie Perry played 34 minutes with 6 of 15, 2 of 2 from behind the arc, 7 of 9 from the free throw line, finished with 21 points and 11 rebounds and a block and an assist, really filling up the stat line. This is a freshman that is no longer playing like a freshman, and if he's not part of the starting lineup going forward at Mississippi State, you'll have to forgive me, but you're just doing it wrong. Rippy, give me a winner. Ricky Fowler. Started the day with a four-shot lead. Had a could also go in the losers category. Why? For the way he blew up. But go ahead. Well, yeah, but it was largely triggered by a rather bizarre rules violation, and like he got to the point where even the broadcast didn't exactly know what he was laying. Overcame a triple with triple, and then a bogey. Rectified it in six holes and 
won like a million five. Pretty good day. Not a bad day. Borky? Tom Brady. Hey, look, I, I understand people don't like him. I, I get that. But when you have the Super Bowls that he does, the supermodel wife that he does, and, and it's the way he goes about it. People don't like him. They think he's smug or a cheater or whatever. But at that age, to, to, to be the shape that he's in, the commitment to his craft that he has, I mean, he doesn't consume alcohol in the six months during the season. He's on a strict diet. He has scheduled naps. Nobody works harder at their craft in that sport than Tom Brady, and it pays off. So people don't like him for reasons, but he didn't win six Super Bowls because he's a, quote, cheater. He won six Super Bowls because he is an exceptional quarterback and an exceptional worker, and athletes shouldn't be role models, but if you could work like Tom Brady works, you'll be successful at whatever you're doing. So he's a winner. He's the greatest quarterback of all time and is not deserving of the hate he gets. He only gets it because he's successful. Is he a winner and a cheater? Sure. As long as you can call him a winner and the unquestioned goat, that's fine. <laughs> as long as winner is part of the equation. Hey, Dad, how about a winner? The Arkansas Razorbacks go down to Baton Rouge, uh, get out to a big lead, nearly give all of it back away. I think LSU actually did lead in the final minutes, but they end up getting the win 90-89, and they knock LSU from the uh, ranks of the unbeaten as far as SEC play goes. And we were talking about Arkansas last week and saying, ah, I just don't know about them and this, that, and the other. And that's a big win to go down to Baton Rouge and win that game. Yeah, we were talking about how they didn't really have a chance to go on the run necessary to get back into it. And that one kind of changes everything, because after that, they have Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Missouri coming up before they get to state. Yeah. Yep, so well, I don't, I'm not saying they're back in the race or they're in anything like that, but that was a big win for them. Oh, well, I'm going to the opposite end of the spectrum in that game. And I'm going loser LSU slash Tremont Waters. Yeah. LSU was down 18 in the second half, and they came all the way back. They took the lead. They were up a minute with 30, 38 seconds to play. They can take the shot clock, or they can take the game clock down to eight seconds. And even if they don't make a shot, I like LSU's chances because they play defense in the last 10 minutes of the game. And so what do they do? Tremont Waters, or Tremont if you prefer, tries to throw a backdoor cut alley-oop along the baseline that hits the side of the backboard. He's trying to blow the roof off of the PMAC with the monster slam because he's got crazy athletic guys, and he's talented enough that he can throw it anywhere. He can drop a dime anywhere, but... Time and situation, time and situation, time and situation. Do you want a dunk that makes the crowd cheer, or do you want the crowd to cheer because you just want a basketball game? Doesn't that kind of surmise LSU as a team really well? Like, ridiculous athleticism that isn't always harnessed well? Yeah. And how are they down 18 to Arkansas? That's a good point. It's not a very good Arkansas team. So, LSU's on my losers list. Gives credence to what you said about them, though, Richard. When they're motivated, they're extremely hard to beat. 
NBA players everywhere, one of the better teams in the country, when they're not motivated, you see what happens. Man, I'm telling you, that's a team that could play in the Elite Eight and a team that could lose on Thursday. They would seem like a team to the latter half of what you just said to really get pummeled in like the five twelve game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like interested Stephen to see what LSU Austin team shows up in Starkville on, on, on Wednesday. But on the flip side, they really could make it to deep in the second weekend and nobody would be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. You're a loser. Sean McVay. Okay. Belichick has done this to a lot of people, really kind of pulled his pants down. They didn't really... Did you just say Belichick pants Sean McVay? I mean, he did. They couldn't really get any... I mean, some of it's... Did he give him a swirly, too? No, I was saving that for an analytics guy. But, um... I mean, they couldn't do anything. A lot of it, I think, is golf and the limitations that he has, particularly reading defenses. But they couldn't get anything going offensively. And then when you have... It, this is assuming Gurley's healthy. When you have a running back, no matter what you're thinking or overthinking or what, don't you have to give him 15 touches automatically? Joe Moorhead says no. <laughs> well, that didn't happen, and the results were suboptimal. <laughs> well played, hey, Dad. Well played. Borky, give me a loser. The side show of the Super Bowl. The game itself, we've touched on it, was boring, but whatever. The commercials, which are overhyped every year, were not funny at all. The the Ironically, the NFL commercial, the 100-year anniversary thing where um, that was fantastic. Marshawn Lynch knocked the football off the cake because he was trying to grab a piece of cake. And that was excellent. That was the best commercial of the night. Otherwise, it, just four hours of duds in the halftime show. I mean, there there was emotionless. Maroon Five wasn't any good. Big Boy was awesome with that big fur coat he had on. Otherwise, it was just terrible. So the game was boring, and then all the stuff that that average people watch the game for didn't deliver either. Porky, we're not that not that Hey Dad and Richard are old, but we're both seemingly closer to Big Boy's target demo. Have you ever heard of that guy before last night? I had never heard of him. I had heard of Outkast, so I didn't know that he was the the rapper in Outkast. So oh, I, I didn't know that. That yeah. makes more sense. Hey, Dad, quick loser. Florida, basketball. They were up big on Kentucky, had a chance for a big win. They didn't get it. Kentucky's pretty good. Don't know if you've been paying attention or not. Yeah, but they had them. They had them at their own house and didn't get it. Sports Talk Mississippi, those are your winners and losers on this Monday. we got more coming up with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Renaissance Bank, understanding you. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395, the C Spire text line. If your phone's a little rough around the edges... Take it to C Spire. They're now certified phone repair locations from Brandon to Tupelo. They can generally fix your phone for you while you wait. doesn't really matter what the manufacturer is or who your phone provider is. Just stop by, and usually they can handle it for you. 601-879-4395. Um, let's see here. Rippy's never heard of Big Boy. Porky complaining about commercials and bland halftime show. Is this Sports Talk Mississippi or my great aunt complaining on Facebook? <laughs> ah, 
She got y'all there. Uh, love it. I liked Big Boy. I just never heard of it. Yeah, no, he was the best part of the whole thing. I wish I could pull off a coat like that. I wish there was any time where I could make any sort of entrance like that in that car. The car was pretty sweet. Yeah. He, he, Borky. Don't, don't, don't talk about it. Be about it. Let's go. Make it happen. Yeah. Porky, you, you don't either pull that coat off or not pull that coat off. You just roll with it and then don't care what <laughs> anybody thinks. That's the only way to pull that off. I've, I'm terrified of what the price tag of that coat would read. You got no kids, man. You got you got that big baller money. <laughs> yeah. If I had a million dollars, I'd, I'd buy, buy you sorry. a fur coat, but not a real fur coat. That's cruel. Yeah, man, it's breaking out some obscure bare naked ladies here on a Monday afternoon. Yeah, uh, Gladys Knight, a winner. What do you think? Well, there's controversy around that. How so? So, hundred and seven so, seconds, right? It hit the under. It, well, see, I timed it at, at over one forty-seven. Hmm? But some sports books are saying the the second uh, brave that she put at the end shouldn't count. So there are some sports books that are paying off both over and under because technically she went over, but that second brave was an add-on to the song. So it should have been over at the end of the first brave when it wasn't. So some there are books out there that are paying both. That's the, to me, that is the prop bet that has, I mean, it's solely controlled by the person singing it as to how long it lasts. If you're Gladys Knight, are you not betting on the over or the under? I'm telling everybody I know exactly how long it's going to take me. I'm going to hold that brave as long as I possibly can. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run out of breath up there. I will audibly wheeze at the end of it. Well, in that moment, if you can, like, bet the over-under on your own national anthem, compartmentalize that to still nail the anthem, she's probably pretty solid in a casino, too. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you rehearse it the way you want to sing it. Do we believe she was actually singing it? Oh, she's singing it. Come on. That's Gladys Knight. She wouldn't, she wouldn't do us like that. I mean, I wouldn't think so. What's the precedent for this, or are you just, like, floating this out there? Oh, I'm just asking. I mean, I didn't, like, try and slow it down and match every sound that came out with her lip movement last night. She's hey, not crazy to think that lip syncing is happening. Yeah. That's not near as bad stage. as the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers just not playing their instruments. Do you remember that? When they were in the halftime show, their instruments weren't plugged into anything. They were just pretending to play them, and it was incredibly obvious. The halftime show and the national anthem are different. I, from what I've heard about the halftime show, like nobody's actually singing or playing music. It's just being piped in up there. You don't Except believe Prince, Prince was actually playing that guitar? Prince was doing that, but like these, a lot of these these groups, they're not doing that. They're just getting by. The um, th there's uh, a text here that suggests that Big Boy in the fur coat was actually a tribute to Joe Namath. Well, if that's the case, that makes that fur coat awesome. I did not even see cooler? the fur coat, but I, I will just assume that it was awesome. Oh, you you should you should Google big boy fur coat, and that would well, be. So I'll do it right now. I'll, I'll that'd be boy listeners. with an eye. 
by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know how to spell it, yeah. Just, <laughs> just I didn't know if you were <laughs> hip enough to know how to sell it, fill that yeah, or, I'm, uh, I'm, or not. I'm hip hey, enough. Dad. Yeah, that's a fantastic fur coat. The best part is it's an indoor stadium and it's 65 degrees outside. Hey, so what happened to the whole roof is open thing? They closed it. During they, the game? At some point, because there there was a flyover. And I mean, Trace, Tracy Wolfson, if you find her Twitter account, tweeted a video of the flyover with the roof open. And the, they closed the roof, it during the game. The roof was open before the game, and then when they showed like an upshot at some point during the game, it was like, hold on, it's closed. What happened? I mean, things that wouldn't have been possible 18 months ago, right? I mean, it was either... It was the roof was inoperable. Do you remember that charade? And you had a connection on that. Remember, long yeah, before it, they even had problems, you said you were like, "Hey, look, there's I something mean, the, wrong there." The original architect that they discussed it with refused to do the project. He said it wasn't possible to do it. You couldn't. One, it's never been done. Two, it can't be done. Three, it's going to cost way more if it's actually done. And four, it will take longer. Well, what they, they got it done. It's the camera lens type roof opening, the kaleidoscope style roof on top of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They finally got it done, but it cost them an extra billion dollars. And, and it, it took leaked. an extra year and a half. A bill here, a bill there, you know. Go make a couple moves in the streets, it's all right. That cost them a billion bucks just to have that kind of roof opening? It cost a billion dollars over budget to get it fixed and operable at the end. Just to have it look like a toilet. Look like a toilet? That stadium is a gigantic toilet. You're thinking of the Falcons. Ah, yeah. It's hard, it's hard to distinguish the two. <laughs> that would be the nicest toilet I've ever used. The place looks pretty sweet to me. I'm here to tell you, man, that place is top shelf. Once you it, get inside, like... but on the outside, it looks like a toilet. It looks like when you look at it in Atlanta, like an alien craft just landed in the middle of Atlanta. It doesn't match anything. It's like there's this gigantic thing there that it's bigger. And it, even though it's not bigger than like the skyscrapers in Atlanta, if you want to call them skyscrapers, the tallest buildings there, it feels bigger. It is, it is, it's, it's a monstrosity. Not, not in terms of aesthetics, just in terms of how big it really is. And when the Georgia Dome was still standing, the size difference between the two of them was yeah. pretty staggering. You can still well, see that thing. in Houston if you go out to, to Reliant Stadium. I think it's still called Reliant Stadium versus the Astrodome. I mean, the Astrodome was the, the yeah whatever it is. It's it, you know the Astrodome was billed as what the eighth <laughs> wonder of the world or whatever. It doesn't it doesn't matter what its name is. Uh, and then you go out there and it looks like a one A high school football stadium <laughs> compared to the where the Texans play now. Yeah, I mean, Mercedes Benz, literally. Twice as big as the Georgia Dome when they were standing side by side. Borky, I'm sitting here looking at pictures of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I've been in it multiple times. I've walked around it. I've toured it. There are a lot of things you. There are a lot of ways that you could describe that stadium. Looking like a toilet just is not one that pops into my head. Uh, certainly not any toilet that I've ever seen in person. I don't see a flusher or a bowl on this roof. And it's not like it's white porcelain when it's open. You got to look at it when it's open. Okay, I'm looking at it. I mean, I I, I understand the premise behind a toilet seat having a hole in it at the top. <laughs> I, I get that. That's what it looks like. If you're having trouble with the visual, it's a pretty I, functional deal there. Maybe but, I'm just a I'm just you know 
poor old Mississippi State Brian over here, but I have I, I my toilet doesn't look like that. My I have a very basic toilet. Well, Borky to is living a different in life than we are. Yes, sir. He's got he's he's got that that single man money. I'm telling you, I'm not single anymore. Well, you had it, and now you're, you'll be losing it shortly, but you still have it right now. Yeah. Um, buddy of mine said that to uh, cover the billion-dollar cost overrun that they had Gladys Knight add that extra brave and then took the over. <laughs> <laughs> and they are all slick as of today. Oh, me. Um, when does the AAF begin? Um, Tonight. Is that right? I thought Tonight? it was this weekend. Hold on. I saw something. I saw a tweet earlier. But okay, never mind. Just, never mind. Never mind. I, I misread this tweet. It's, it's, it, there's a there's some programming about it tonight on CBS Sports Network. The, the game. Yeah, because the, the deal it is starts, normally it starts on it starts on Saturday on Saturday night. Okay. Coming up. Uh, coming up this Saturday night. Go Iron. Two games on Saturday, two on Sunday. San Diego at San Antonio. Atlanta goes to Orlando. Three o'clock on Sunday afternoon. A budding rivalry. Memphis goes to Birmingham. He Hate Me will be the honorary captain with the uh, pregame coin toss. The egg bowl of the AAF. Salt Lake at Arizona. The, uh, The nightcap. I only bring that up because normally you say, well, football's done until August. Not really. Got more coming up on Saturday. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Monday afternoon, glad to have you along for the ride. Day after the Super Bowl. Start of a new week, big basketball week coming up, especially for Mississippi State, as they will host LSU on Wednesday night, and then they will host Kentucky on Saturday. Assuming there aren't a whole bunch of tickets still available for Saturday? They haven't announced a sellout yet, but that would probably be a very safe assumption. Yeah, well, probably don't want to wait too terribly long if you want to go to, no, uh, to that one. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Online, mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Are you a farmer? If you are, do you have equipment needs? Do you need to refinance an existing loan? Maybe get your crop loans situated for the coming year, or maybe you're just ready to buy more land. Well, if any of those things um, kind of uh, ring a bell with you, then Mississippi Land Bank is where you should go to start the process. They've been specializing in land financing and all the stuff that goes with land financing for over 100 years. Got branch locations all over North Mississippi. You can also find the phone number online at mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. Right now, it is time for the College Football Fix. Little bit of a lightning rod topic coming here. The college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Then go test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. 
Article from the Sun-Herald. It was picked up and kind of redistributed all over the place. This is, uh, this is an interesting one. Southern Miss has reportedly interviewed Art Bryles for its open offensive coordinator position. It's the spot that was vacated when Shannon Dawson joined Dana Holgerson's staff at uh, the University of Houston. Former Baylor head coach was on the Hattiesburg campus on Monday to interview for the OC position. Bryles fired it from Baylor in May of 2016 after the university commissioned a third-party law firm to investigate the school's handling of misconduct within the athletic department. Investigation found that Baylor football coaches failed to report sexual assault complaints against players. Mm. Ongoing NCAA investigation at Baylor. The school has settled five Title IX lawsuits over allegations from former students. As best I can tell, there are two or maybe three reasons that you settle a lawsuit. Number one, you're guilty. Number two, you just don't want to go through the hassle of dealing with a lawsuit. And number three, you do it to mitigate risk. You're willing to pay X to just have this come to an end because there is a chance if it doesn't, you're going to have to play, pay X plus some potentially really large amount. Baylor didn't settle those five lawsuits just for the convenience of not having to fight in court. Is that something on which we all agree? Uh, I would agree with that. It's extremely fair. Okay. Art Bryles was hired August 28, 2017. Uh, 2017 as an assistant coach for the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Canadian Football League. But there was a firestorm of criticism until he was let go. Most recently, he coached in Italy. I have two thoughts on this, and I'm a big Jay Hobson fan, but I just got to be honest here. One, I think it's a terrible idea to hire Art Bryles. Number two, if Jay Hobson hires Art Bryles, I think Southern Southern Miss's offense will be really, really, really good. They can't hire Art Bryles, though. You just can't. He's toxic. You know, are you are you going to interview him though? If you're not legitimately considering oh, him? Oh, oh! I, the, I, I, hopefully the backlash today has has done. And I'll be honest with you. You know, we always talk about like a Friday news dump. Southern Miss pulled off the Super Bowl Monday news dump. They know that uh, most sports talk shows like ourselves are going to t- be talking about the Super Bowl. You know, on a, on a if this had come out today, this would have been a, this might have been our lead story uh, for tomorrow. If it had come out, you know, tomorrow morning, it would have been, we would have talked about this in the first hour and really hammered into it. But this is this is, the optics of this are bad, and so hopefully, I think Southern's gotten the point because they've been getting hit pretty hard on social media today. I, I don't I don't see how this this is going to go forward. Is there an element of you do this because you feel like your status as a Conference USA team it would fly under the radar, and they didn't? exactly 
anticipate how toxic that name really was? Because if this is Nick Saban doing it, the the that's maybe a bad example because he can get away with a lot of things. If it's Clemson making this hire, the college football world and the sports media world is losing their minds. And yes, there was backlash today, but not near as much as it could have been if it was a college football blue blood. We just got a question on the ceasefire text line. It says, Richard, do you remember what you said when Art Bryles resigned or got fired? I do not. If you do, I'd love for you to jog my memory. I, I can guess what I said, and my guess is I was not... Um, I probably, in some pretty strong words, didn't condone his behavior. I mean, we have been led to believe that Art Bryles knew about and covered up sexual assault and rape in the name of winning football games. You can't hire him. A lawsuit says at least 52 in a series of five years. 52 Look, man, known acts of I, rape in five years. I, I'm, I'm telling you, you cannot hire Art Bryles to be the offensive coordinator at Southern Miss. I'm not saying the guy's never going to coach again in the United States, but do not let it happen in the state of Mississippi. And and, and let's point this out, and, and this is not a shot at all. I'm not being critical at all. Southern Miss doesn't have a full-time athletics director right now. I mean, they do. Jeff Mitchell is the athletics director at Southern Miss. He's serving in an interim capacity. They have not replaced John Gilbert since he left. This is a big ask for somebody who has not served as an AD before that I know of. Um, he was at Santa Clara a while back. I'm not going to go through his entire bio. Just telling you. You, you, you can't hire Art Bryles. Can't do it! And we can talk to Luke Johnson later in the week. We can talk to the other guys at the Eagle Hour. We can talk to Southern Miss fans. That's not me being critical of Southern Miss for having the conversation. Jay Hobson wants to have that conversation. That's fine. I, listen, I think a lot of Jay Hobson. I think he's a good football coach. I think he's a good guy. I think he means well. But but there's no way that I can in good conscience sit here on the radio and say, you know what, that's it's time. It's time to give Art Bryles another shot, and if you can get him at Southern Miss, by golly, go get him because he's going to help you win football games. There's a text message that just came in that says, if USM can get him, take him. No. No, you no, no, no. Not if USM can get him, take him. Because here I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, USM can't get him. He can't get a job anywhere. So of course they can get him. Don't be don't be the place that does that though. That's the interesting part about all this though. Do y'all think he coaches again? And like when and where? Like what does that look like? Because like I'm certainly not advocating for him to get a job. I, I would think it'd be a disaster if Southern hired him, but like 
if he like where does he coach and win? I mean, we might be finding out here really soon. You don't interview true. a guy unless you are down the road potentially thinking about hiring him. Brought him to the campus. Who's here look, today? Look, I, I'm, I'm sitting. I'm sitting here saying this right now. I think I've said about as clearly as I can say how much I think of Jay Hobson. I really like him. I think he's a good football coach. I think he has one of the most difficult jobs in college football. Shouldn't be, but it is. Jay cannot make this decision. He cannot hire Art Bryles. All right, I'm going to try not to throw anything as I answer this question, okay? That's good, because I'm close by. Can, 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 can we... I'm glad I'm not so there. I, I read a story today. I'm going to read you the story. I, will, I in, in fact, I will read you exactly, word for word. Patrick McGee wrote this. After Hugh Freeze and Rich Rodriguez were recently awarded second chances in their coaching careers, Southern Miss may be on the verge of giving Art Bryles his. All right, now I'm going to read you Ceasefire text line. Hugh Freeze can get a second chance. Why not Art Bryles? Okay. I don't think there's anybody that's accusing me of being like a cheerleader for Hugh Freeze, right? I mean, we're all on the same page for that? I know I'm not, but sure. I think we can all be on the same page. If you can look at Hugh Freeze... And why he got fired from Ole Miss. And Art Bryles. And why he got fired at Baylor. If you can look at those two situations, and you cannot see the difference in those two situations, then there is no scenario where through this radio, or as we are sitting down face-to-face, that I can have a conversation with you. Six zero one, text number. Spell it out, Richard. Why won't you hire him? If someone can hire him later, go ahead and hire him now. Because he covered up rape and sexual assault. That is why I can't hire him. That's why I won't hire him. I can't help it if there's somebody down the road who decides they're going to condone that behavior and put him in a leadership position with impressionable 18- to 21-year-old men and perhaps allow those things to happen again. That's not on me. That's on you. So you say, spell it out, Richard. I can't spell it out any more clearly than that. I can't spell it out any more clearly. You got a daughter? No? You have a sister? What about a niece? Or, I don't know, a friend who has one of those things. Let her be one of those girls. One of those young women. Who got raped or sexually assaulted by a football player. And then who had a coach cover up what that football player did so that he could stay eligible, so that he could convert third and eight on Saturday against Kansas State. That's what Art Bryles did.
talk to me about Hugh Freeze versus Art Bryles or spell it out why you can't hire him. That's why you can't hire that guy. Not that a single instance would make it any better, too, but this is, like, widespread. It's 31 players in 52 sexual assaults, including five gang rapes. 57 total. But we got to convert third and eight. And that guy can help us do it. And yeah, we got a new stadium. We got to put a bunch of people in to come watch us play. Jeez. I mean, are there people that actually believe, hey, give this guy a chance because he can call ball plays? Yes. Well, he did. Yes, there are people who believe that for sure. He did interview for a job today to call ball plays. If it does happen, though, right, and I'm not saying it should, doesn't it have to be outside the college scene? We were just talking about that off the Well, yeah, I mean, you got to go coach in Italy. Yeah. Well, that's, I meant an actual return on, you know, this side of the pond. Like, wouldn't it have to be in the professional ranks? You can't let that guy around to college again. Yeah, but I don't know if you're letting that guy in the NFL again. I'm not saying they should, but it, like well, that to me, all the if you're trying to envision had. how it happens, that's the only, like, realistic way. I mean, I, I guess I'm giving college coaches more credit than I should in some instances. I, I don't know. I'm, I, to me, it, there doesn't seem like any realistic scenario where it happens in college. Like, that would just be jaw-dropping to me. I, I still but can't. But the NFL, all the issues it's had in the past couple of years with, with, with violence against women, it's how do you sell that? I mean, it's the NFL, so, I mean, they can get away with hypocrisy like no other, but it's a tough sell. The CFL said no thanks. Well, yeah. the CFL, the Canadian Football League. Well, he got. If I, I don't have the article in front of me, but did he not get hired? Reaction happened, then fired. Like they didn't initially say no thanks. Well, the team hired him, and then they cut him loose with pressure from the fans and everybody else. Man, I I, I don't want to say anything else about this right now. I just want to sit back and let this situation play out and assume until I'm proven wrong that people involved in the conversations with Art Bryles that these reports say he's being interviewed to be the offensive coordinator at Southern Miss are going to take a step back. They're going to look and they're going to say, we can't do this. This is a really bad decision. This reflects poorly on our university. It would reflect poorly on our athletics program, on our football program, and we just got to go a different direction. That, that's what I want to happen. If that doesn't happen, we're going to circle back to this. Well, that's what we were saying earlier. If it does happen, I mean, they know they're going to get crushed. You have to have some pretty intricate long-term strategy to how to handle it from a PR standpoint if you do it, don't you? Yeah. You, there's no to... PR strategy that spins this. Yeah, no, I mean, there's not, but you're going to have to combat it somehow or it's just going to yeah, engulf the entire you, program. You have to be all in for this. It's like, if we're going to do that's... this, we're going to stand there at that podium with him and tell everybody why he deserves a second chance. And that's a, why, that's apparently, Patrick McGee just said on the Paul Feinbaum show that at this point, I would say there's a decent chance Southern Miss hires Art Bryles as offensive coordinator. They're close, but a lot could change over the next 24 hours. I sure do hope a lot changes in the next 24 hours. 
Well, a lot needs to change in the next 24 hours. And that's what makes you think that this has been thought about for a while, right? Like, this wasn't some flippant, oh, he's in the neighborhood, let's give him an interview. Right. I mean, it, we've covered coaching searches over the last few years. How many times did somebody fly in for an interview and not get offered the job? At, at staff positions, anything. Or at least have serious discussions as to whether an offer would be made. Yeah. It doesn't happen, and typically, Yikes. generally, it doesn't happen unless you've rolled the ball down the hill some. I didn't think this would happen in college, at least particularly not this soon. Like, this is honestly kind of stunning. It's just I, so different. What's he been out two years now? But he got fired in 16. Yeah. Yeah, Rippy's right. I mean, I, I thought it, it would be a, a much longer wait for him to, to even, you know, not to get a job, but just to get back into getting interviews and stuff. I mean, I understand that the, the, you have to win. You, and, you can't win that way. And schools and coaches have hired broken guys, we can call them, as assistants in the past. This is just so much different. We're not talking about taking on a player as a rehab project. We're talking about a coach at a Power 5 level school that was making a salary that had two commas in it on an annual basis Mm -hmm. and was highly successful and was covering up not once, not two isolated incidents, what was the number? Thirty-one players and fifty-two, or fifty-two players and thirty-one incidents. No, allegedly thirty-one players over fifty incidents. incidents. I mean, they've already settled five lawsuits. Five of them settled them already. And it's not the school didn't make this decision. We had one text that asked asked if he was the scapegoat uh, for a larger problem. A third-party investigative firm made the decision and came up with the findings. And I mean, look, the the AD that was over it, I mean, he's sitting there as the AD at Liberty now. Yeah. Man, this is mind-boggling that we are having this conversation. Like, it defies logic that we're having a conversation about the possibility of Jay Hobson and Southern Miss hiring Art Bryles as an offensive coordinator. And it I, I I'm not like for inciting anything, but if you're a Southern Miss fan, and you gotta let your voice be heard on this. You, you, you got to let somebody know that, no, this is not okay. And sounds like you better hurry.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.